Welcome to Vibrant Life Allies. I'm your host, Lisa, the Life Coach. This is the podcast where I introduce you to other coaches, entrepreneurs, and experts who can help you live life more vibrantly. They teach you their tips, tricks, and hacks to overcome the things that are holding you back and help you live a life that you love and achieve your goals. Today was just an amazing interview. I spoke with Dr. Naima Jackson, who is a business coach for online service providers, and it was just fantastic. She jumped right in discussing, you know, the conditioning that we have as women about, you know, work, productivity, and money, and what it means, and wanting money, or wanting to make money, and it was just a fascinating conversation. So much value was just like laid out right from the get-go. I know that I've learned quite a bit and have grown from the conversation that I had with um, Dr. Naima, and so I'm so excited to bring it to you today. So give it a listen, and you know if you fit her target market, you know who she works with, and you're interested, check out the show notes and reach out to her today, and don't let fear hold you back, and go after your dreams and goals, and you will not regret it. If you're not quite ready for that, as we talk about in the show, maybe you've, you've got some other issues to help you believe that you could have your own business or something like that. You know, anxiety is holding you back, perfectionism, imposter syndrome. I'm here for you, as always. Love working with women to help them overcome those things. And that's my passion, right? That's why we're here. Just want to help you live more vibrantly. So enjoy the show today. And I look forward to next time. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Vibrant Life Allies. I have another amazing guest for you today, and I will let her start by introducing herself. Hello, everybody. Lisa, thank you so much, first of all, for having me. I am Dr. Naima. I'm the CEO of Determined Fempreneur. It is a company that supports and empowers online service-based female entrepreneurs on their journey to make an impact, on their journey to make money, and on their journeys to get to five hours a day or less in their businesses. I am also the host of the Determined Fempreneur podcast. And when I'm not working, when I'm not in business, I am a mom of four beautiful children and the wife of one amazing husband, Omar. Okay, so everybody is sold. Everyone is already (laughs) sold. Impact, money, less than five hours of work. You're a doctor. And you're a mom of four and you have your own podcast and your own business. Yes. All right. Well, how do we do that? Where's the rest? <laughs> you know what? How do you do it? You you know how you do it? You get real clear on how you've been conditioned, first and foremost. We have been conditioned to believe that we have to work all day, every day, right? Hard work. That's the only way you can make an impact, right? You also have to be aware of how you've been conditioned with money. Mm. We use terms like filthy rich, right? We use terms like, you know, it's not about the money. It's only about the impact, right? Because these things sound good. But if you really get to start thinking about it, if something is filthy, would you want to be around it? Right. No. And yes, you should make an impact. That should be the unspoken thing. But what women, what we have to begin doing is really starting to say, I can make an impact and I can also make money doing it. And it's okay to do both. So I think once you start to realize that we've been conditioned and you start to work through those layers of how we've been conditioned, how we've been raised, what the TV shows us, um, then we can start to say, I want to do both, (laughs) which is where I am. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And 
so true. I think with a lot of the conditioning that women receive, it's, you know, do this, do this, but not too much. Yes. And that's what I heard with the money. You know, if you don't have money, you're broke. Yes. You're broken. You got to have some. But if you want too much money, that why do you want money? Yeah, that's great. Like you said, it's filthy. It's dirty. So exactly. that is that's just fantastic the way you brought that up and presented that. Well, thank you. I think it's again, let's normalize the conversation. Like, and not only are you broke if you don't have money, they want you to tell everybody how broke you are. It's okay. Like if somebody posts something on social media about struggling, it's like, oh, we all put the heart emoji, right? But as soon as you say, oh my gosh, I just had my first 10K month, some people will congratulate you. But then you'll have some people like, oh my gosh, why are you saying that? There are people struggling out here. Like it's <laughs> true. <laughs> you know, so um, I'm, I'm happy that that came up here because I think it, it aligns, per, you know, perfectly with what we're going to speak about today. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, talking about conditioning for work, that's come up a lot for me lately. I'm hearing it everywhere and talking with people about, you know, hustle culture and always being productive. But, you know, ties in with that money too. I, I thought about, like you said, and almost anytime I see a woman and she's posting online, she's finally got her dream car. She's not just like, oh, I got my dream car. It's I saved for this many years and I did this and I worked hard and now I have my dream car, which is good. She had a goal and she worked for it. But you almost see that like, I have to not celebrate this. I have to, yes. you know, tone it down a bit. <laughs> yes. I have to preface it with, I worked hard guys. And, or if you make, you know, some money, you got to say, I made this much and I donated that much, mm-hmm. you know, and this again, please don't hear me saying that that is anything wrong with donate. We should. Right. But why do I have to always say it? If I'm celebrating some type of monetary one in my business, right? <laughs> why, why is that a must I just be happy with that? I, that I did that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think we realize how much it impacts a lot of areas of our business, including sales. And, you know, me being a, you know, a business coach and a sales coach, I see it a lot in women. Oh, absolutely. Asking for the sale and having to sell. I think there's a lot of like men don't have the issues that maybe that people socialized as women have with asking for money and things like mm-hmm. that. It's true. It's a hundred percent true. And Because of that, you know, I think the current statistic is that women own about 51% of businesses in the United States, but we only bring in 4.2% of the revenue, 4.2%. Wow. At 51% of the businesses. Yes. And I'm going to make sure that we include the link for that reference. I'll I'll make sure to send it to you so you can include it with this so people can see it's serious. It's a problem. (laughs) And you know what? I just, I always like to help the listeners understand why it's important. If we truly do want to make the impact that a lot of us come out here and say we wanted to make, let's look at the data. I have a PhD, so I look at the data. The data says that when women are making money, 90% of it goes back into the community. 90%. Awesome. And what does that look like? That means less poverty. That means less childhood illness. That means better attendance rates for children and so much more. How's that for impact? Exactly. (laughs) So this, this is why we have to normalize asking for the sale and really get into the core of why we're uncomfortable selling and pricing our offers the way we should. Exactly. And your focus is with business and mine's not, but I, I have worked with some clients and, you know, getting them to a place where they see that they can have more impact when they charge 
for the value that they're giving when they charge more. Yes, 100%. I don't care what your business is. You can be doing weight loss. You can be selling products, right? When you actually charge based off of the transformation that that service or that product is going to offer your clients and the expertise that you have, right? You actually start to see a, a big impact. Like I think about the first week I ever made my first 30K in that week. And that same week, I had a client make her first 10K month. I had another client sign her first 5K client ever. Nice. So, and I only worked 18 hours that week. <laughs> and that's amazing. <laughs> it didn't require me to work all day to get my clients to imp- the transformation I promised them. It didn't require me to lose time with my children like I was losing before and my, and my husband like I was losing before. And I'll share that story with you about how when I first became an entrepreneur, I was working a lot. I was finishing my PhD. I was working as an assistant professor of nursing, raising four kids, start my business. And it was a pandemic because I started right before COVID. And working those 10 and 12 hour days, my children would constantly say, mommy, when are you getting off the computer? So I had that guilt there, right? Mm -hmm. My husband, he wouldn't say it, but I knew he was kind of getting frustrated with me being, you know, constantly in the business. Mm -hmm. And then my mental and physical health was were affected. I started having severe anxiety. I already have an anxiety disorder, but it was becoming worse because I wasn't taking care of myself. And I developed something called erosive gastritis, where my stomach lining began to eat away at itself Mm. because I wasn't taking care of myself. I was constantly stressing. I wasn't eating well. It took those things to happen. My family not having me, my mental health being taken away from me and my physical health being affected for me to say there has to be a better way. Right. And so happy that you did because now <laughs> other people are benefiting from that. Yes. So tell us a, a little bit more about you because we've already kind of jumped into things, but that's kind of your story with your business. What is your uh, PhD in? Nursing. I'm a nurse by profession. So I had no idea I was going to go into entrepreneurship. I realized right before I finished my PhD that I no longer wanted to be a nurse. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> But I finished it because I was like, you know what? I paid for this, so I'm going to finish it. And I and I do value it because I think it helped me to understand how to look at numbers in my business and use that data to inform what I do. Right. Math, not drama. Yes. I, I always say data, not drama. That's even better. I know a business coach that says math, not drama, but I might switch. I like I like the deed. Data. Mm-hmm. I like the D. Woo. Oh. Data, not drama. That's We're not even going to edit that out. Y'all leave that. <laughs> That was gold. That was gold. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you were working on your PhD, you decided to go through with it. What made you become a coach, a business coach even? You know, the first few months of business, I actually became a health coach because I fell into what I call the should. The should. Because I'm a nurse and I'm becoming a coach, I need to become a health coach. Even though I was becoming a coach because I hated being a nurse, I still felt like that was what I should do. So in doing that, I had really good success really early. Like my fourth month, I had my first 10K month. And also I had that aha moment about not overworking myself. So I started to put the practice in place of decreasing the hours and also bringing in revenue and bringing the impact that I wanted to bring to my clients. And then I realized, I was like, you know what? I think as women, there are many things that we're told about sales and things like that. That's really not helping us because if it was helping us, We went on 51% of the businesses, only bringing in 4.2% of the revenue. Right. So it has become my mission 
to help more and more women make it to multi six figures and not overwork themselves doing it and still see their clients winning. Exactly. You know, that's what they want. I think what happens a lot of time is getting out there and because of that nurturing service type nature that many women have or that we're conditioned to have, Mm -hmm. they're just trying to just help. They're pushing back on that conversation and charging money for the service they provide. The reality is when I first came out, my first three months when I was broke, right, in my business, right, I was charging, get this, I'm a nurse. I understand healthcare. I was doing weight loss. I had lost weight myself. I was charging $97 a month to work with me one-on-one four times a month. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> you don't need my thoughts on that. Because I just want to help. I just want to make an impact, right? The stuff that we're told that we have to say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I want to make an impact. I started saying that's an unspoken thing. I already know that. My clients know that. But I also want to be able to spend time with my family. I also want to be able to build generational wealth. I want my children to go to school and not have the tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt that Americans have. Many of us have, you know, including me. Okay. I'm I'm not unique. I said, this will not be my children. So I can't want to make so much of an impact on a stranger that I'm not thinking about the impact that spending hours at the computer is having on my family that I can't think about the impact that having student loan debt once my child graduates from college will have on her future. So I want to make an impact with people, strangers, clients, and with my family. So how can I do that? And I did that by just looking at everything holistically, what really matters. And I think once you start asking yourself those hard questions, and I did an exercise, and this is something that I asked my clients to do. I'll say, okay, Lisa, I'll act like you're my client. Let's go. If you were a bad girl and you didn't care about anybody's opinion, anybody's expectations of you, if there were no consequences for your behavior, how would you be spending your time? And I tell them, I say journal on that. I mean, there's no wrong answer. Of course, please don't come here with anything illegal. (laughs) You know, but really the purpose of that exercise is to show women that you've been conditioned. Because if you will be spending your time doing this, X, Y, and Z, but you're doing A, B, and C because it's expected of you, something is wrong with that. Exactly. And it's like you said, it's getting down to what really matters and not the shoulds. Yes. And, you know, I've found and I've heard from other coaches, when you're charging $97, are your client less invested? 100%. Yes. And they were not getting the results because- it's only $97 out their pocket a month. Wasn't a big hit for the clients that I was targeting. So it wasn't a big loss. I would have to chase them down. Like, hey, remember we have yes. a coaching session tomorrow. Right. Oh, oh, is that tomorrow? Oh, can we reschedule? <sighs> but now, since I believe in selling high ticket, they don't miss. <laughs> right. Exactly. And they're getting the results. They're getting the results, right? So it serves the client as well mm-hmm. if they've invested so that they show up and do the yes. work and get the yes. results. 100%. Absolutely. That's fantastic. So then who do you work with and and help with, you know, their confidence and their sales? What is your your niche, I guess they say? I work with online service-based female entrepreneurs, but that's just the title. I like to also list the characteristics of who I work with. Okay. Let's hear them. Um, She's an action taker because you can be a copywriter, a coach, a VA, you know, as long as you're online and you're service-based, I can help you scale your business. But if you're not an action taker and you're a copywriter, that isn't, you know, you're not my ideal client. So you have to be an action taker. 
you have to be accountable to self. You have to want to step into the role of CEO of your, in your business. You have to be aware of your mindset trash and want to challenge yourself. Because, and the reason why I'm very clear about listing those characteristics is because before I would go and say, I'm online service-based female entrepreneurs. And so, you know, they would all come to me and then, you know, they wanted handholding. And I would say, you know, the reality is I can't become the CEO of your business, right? Right. So I had to start to examine, okay, the clients that got the best results in working with me, what characteristics did they have? What qualities did they have? What words did they use? And that's kind of how I came up with, it's not just online service-based female entrepreneurs, it's action takers, right? It's very, very specific. I like that. I feel like we have a synergy here because, you know, I've worked with people that are doing their businesses. I have an MBA in business. My MBA is general. My BA is in marketing. But anyways, so, you know, I can help them with those things. But what I really dig into is the anxiety, the perfectionism. And then specifically when they have that perfectionist paralysis. Yes. So that would be a good thing. Like if they come to me and I get them where they are action takers, <laughs> they're not stuck in their own heads. And then you get a hold of them and it's just a whole. Send my way. Exactly. See, <laughs> look. <laughs> Send my way. Yeah. Because a lot of us do get stuck because I always say, especially for extremely educated women, and I'm talking about academic education, because all education is amazing. But right in this moment, I'm talking about academic education. Those of us with graduate degrees. A lot of us come out here in entrepreneurship and we get stuck. Mm-hmm. And that's because we've been taught to master what somebody else has given us. Somebody gives us a curriculum, we master it, right? We do well, we excel. When we get these careers, somebody gives us a job description, we master it. And then all of a sudden, now I'm the CEO. And you want me to just give birth to an idea and carry it out as a solopreneur at first before I can hire? All right. You have to have the ideas yourself. You have to believe in them, make mm-hmm. that decision and yes. start doing the work. And that this yes. is definitely a different experience. And I know that because most of my clients happen to be professional women coming out of corporate, starting their businesses, but they're stuck in some way. And it's usually in their heads. To me, I'm guilty. <laughs> so we're not as unique as we think we are. There are some unique things. There are some amazing things that make us different, but there's some commonalities that I think we have to start talking about and how it impacts our businesses as women. Right. And I think that that's part of what leads to um, success entitlement, um, which a lot of people run into and then they quit. You know, when you're so used to mastering that career and being confident and dominant, and then you go into your own business and you're like, well, why didn't I have a 10K month yet? Yes. This, this must not be for me. Yes. Yes. It's so true. I think the entitlement has to go because nobody's entitled to any particular outcome. None of us. Even with hard work, I have clients that come to me that's working 14 hours a day. And like one, I said, how much have you made a month? The max, she was like $500. She's been doing this now for 16 months. Her daughter doesn't even talk to her anymore. Her daughter is nine. She just writes her notes like, mommy, I I love you. So what are we sacrificing? Yes. What are we sacrificing when we think we're entitled and when we don't seek out help when it's not working and we just quit? It's not a sacrifice there. Right. And another point of conditioning is that inability to ask for help. Yes. (laughs) It's so bad. I was guilty of that not just in business and just in my life, you know, thinking that I had to do everything. Even when I was, you know, when I got married, thinking I had to do all the cooking and cleaning, 
and the things that women are conditioned to think that they have to do, you know, but I can't tell you the last time I cooked. My husband cooks. Nice. I can't tell you the last time I cleaned my house. I have a housekeeper. I can't tell you the last time I did laundry. I have teenage kids. Why can't they do it? Like Exactly. It's- <laughs> <laughs> These are all fantastic points. I love it. <laughs> the conditioning is gone. The conditioning on for me is completely gone. That's fantastic. It's good to know that you've done that work and that way you can lead other people through that same yes. process. Yes, but it, it happens by asking yourself hard questions. And when people accept me as their coach, I ask them those hard questions. And I don't start asking the questions after the cell is closed. I, I ask it before because I need them to know this is who I'm going to be as your coach. I'm going to challenge you by asking you questions that are difficult. I like that. I think that's definitely something that's missing for a lot of people probably when they're selling is being willing to ask those hard questions and connect with the client. Yeah. I think we're so afraid of no. We're so afraid of no. But I tell my clients, the power of no is amazing. When you get no in a sales conversation, it allows you to really hone in on your sales skills. It also allows you to reflectively journal about that situation. And some things I tell my clients to journal about, like when they get the no on a sales conversation, did they create the objections themselves? Because sometimes we do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Time, right. And, and that's more, that's another conversation. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, did you create the objection yourself? Like record your conversation, listen to it. Better yet, send it to me because I'm a critique it. Right. Did your confidence waver? when it was time to talk about your program, when it was time to talk about your price. So the power of no really allows you to start to see where can I, where can I improve in the sales process so that I can become more effective. And when I begin to do that work myself, I realized that I came out of corporate, out of nursing, being who I believed others wanted me to show up as. So I was constantly getting no because it wasn't me. And it's amazing. And this is completely from experience, how hard that is to break, even when you're not showing up, you're not confident. So you're getting no's, but you're still afraid to show up and be confident and ask questions because they might say no. And you're already getting a no. <laughs> They're saying no. It's like, be yourself because I've had people who signed up with me. In fact, one of my clients, Austra, she signed up with me in January of 21. And I asked, her, I said, so what made you say yes? She said, you know what? She said, I knew you would hold me accountable. I was like, okay. She said, just by the way you speak, I know you're going to call me on my BS. And that's what I need. So I didn't have to go in the sales conversation and be this rosy person. I'm still kind. I care. I care so much that I'm going to ask you those hard questions. I give you a taste of what it is to be coached by me in the sales conversation. And the clients who sign up with me are the ones who say, yes, I need somebody to tell me I'm not doing what I need to do. And it's been amazing. And put my feet to the fire a little bit. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's fantastic. Something that you had mentioned earlier. Let me ask you about this. So I think you said like you had your fourth month was a 10K month. Can you give us like a little roadmap to that though? Because there are so many times that people are, four months into something and they think they should have hit that, but that's actually very rare. Like, how did you get there? Um, First of all, like you said, it's rare. Only 10% of women entrepreneurs ever make it to hundred K ever in their businesses. 
only 10%. That's the current statistic. And how I did it was I began to work on my money block, all those things that we've been conditioned, right? I've literally started journaling. I mean, this sounds like fluff, but this is what I did. I started to journal all the time. Why am I scared to show up? Why don't I want a price? Why, why, why? And I would just journal. And I didn't, I don't need prompts. You know, some, some programs like, I'm going to give you a journal prompt. No, I said, I'm just going to write and let it flow freely. And I started to get to the core of things. And what I did was before I felt comfortable, I raised my prices. At that time I was doing weight loss and I was charging anywhere between two and $4,000 for the package to work with me. It made me so nervous but I wrote something to myself. I said, fear and nerves is an indication that you're doing something right. So the more I felt that, the more I showed up for my audience, added value, helped them with their mindset shifts. And when I did that, I would have people in my DMs saying things like, I used to always use this excuse about why I couldn't join a weight loss program. I watched your video and I know you don't take those excuses. I would love to hear more about your program. So I started having people come to me. I was like, oh, this is awesome. (laughs) So really it was just me showing up, even though I was uncomfortable, putting out content, replying to other people, adding value, and also making sure my content wasn't just information, but also mindset shifts. Like one mindset shift is, oh, I can't afford it. And that's what we, we all hear that. I can't afford it, right? So at that time I was doing weight loss and I'm also a nurse by profession. So I started to look at the data. And I would put things like, okay, you can't afford, you can't afford it right now. But when you look at obesity, because it's okay to love your body. So please, body positivity is absolutely amazing. It's important to do that. At that time, I would say, okay, if you look at diabetes, diabetes is closely linked to obesity. On average, it costs about seventeen to $20,000 a year to manage diabetes if you have it. Can you afford that? I remember that post. I got two clients from that post. Like, wow, I never thought about it like that. So just really shifting their mindsets. That's an amazing point. And it takes it, you know, out of just the suffering that you're going through mentally if you're struggling with your weight and with diabetes. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes they're carrying that. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, I know that sucks, but I know that. But you took it out of that and took it into numbers. Yes. It's costing you this. I'm a sales coach for a reason. At that time, I wasn't a sales coach, but I tell my clients now, you know, my clients have come from all niches, right? Don't let the first time the client hears your price, don't let that be the first time they hear numbers. So one thing I, I encourage my clients to ask on their sales conversation, because I don't believe in script. I have a signature method that I teach my clients. But one question I, I encourage all of them to ask is, how much do you think it's costing you to continue an X, not having this converting sales page? not having somebody help you with tech, continuing to have diabetes. And in order for you to ask those questions, you have to understand the data around your niche. If you're a copywriter, how much money can you help somebody make with a more converting sales page? How much time could you save somebody if you're a VA, if you're helping them with their tech stuff? And if we look at that, let's say if it's the VA and it's tech stuff, as a CEO, you should be doing $10,000 activities where activities bringing money into your business. So if you're spending three days a week trying to integrate tech and do all this stuff that's really causing you a lot of headache, that's about, if you, look, if you think about it over a few months, that's thousands of dollars that you're wasting because you could have been spending that time bringing money into your business, but you spent that time putting tech together. 
now let this VA save you money. That's a fantastic point. Just that information right there is enough to improve sales. <laughs> <laughs> and when people think about it like that, now they're not comparing you to the other coach or the other VA or the other copywriter. They're comparing you to the stats. They're comparing you to what matters to them and what's happening in their lives. Like, okay, wow. So yeah, like one person who just recently signed up with me, she had been an entrepreneur since August of 2020, which is what about, you know, six months ago. And she said, ah, I want to be at 5K months. I said, okay, let's say the first couple months you didn't make anything, you were a new entrepreneur, you're learning. But let's say the last four months you could have gotten to 5K months. So that's four times 5,000. That's $20,000 that you've left on the table so far. Are you comfortable with that continuing? And she said, I've never thought about that. And no, I'm not comfortable with keeping money on the table. And then we continued on our sales conversation and she signed up. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put a stop to that. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so you do not have to be a business coach or, you know, or coach at all to sell like that. That, I mean, my head is spinning just with that little <laughs> tip. Like, I think that that's fantastic. I haven't used that myself and I can see how, you know, beneficial that is mm-hmm. for the person who's selling. And then for, you know, helping the person who they're there talking to you because they need that help. They are. And I always tell my clients, when we go on our sales conversations, whether you're having it over the phone, Zoom, or DM, wherever you have your sales conversation, go into that conversation in two ways, with two intentions, to serve and to add clarity. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to help you get clear, not by my words, but by questioning you and allowing you to see the bigger picture of where you are, because you know there's an issue because you decided to schedule this call with me. But people usually come because like, I usually have people who come to me because I'm not getting consistent leads. That's usually what they say. That's the scene thing. People come to you for the scene issue, but they're not willing to spend a lot of money for the scene. It's when you get real deep and say, okay, so when you say you're not finding consistent leads, how is that impacting your business? Well, I've been working for 12 hours a day. I'm constantly working. That's frustrating. And thank you for sharing that with me. How is that impacting your family? Now, all of a sudden it's, wow. I mean, if I continue in this, like the one whose daughter was writing her notes, my daughter doesn't even really speak to me anymore. It's just our relationship is just through notes right now. And I know she knows I love her, but I'm afraid that if I continue this way, I'm not going to have a good relationship with my daughter. And that's when you hit them with, how long are you going to continue with that? So if you notice what I was doing was asking questions, not saying you shouldn't want to deal with that for longer. <laughs> right? is asking them questions, you know, and I have a signature methodology that I call the queen method, queen one conversation close method. So it's not a script because we're so used to getting scripts in these coaching programs, but scripts are not you. That's why we can't find our brand voice, right? Right. I teach my clients methodology. And then I say, submit your questions to us, me and my team, so we can critique it. So that now that you're going on a sales conversation, you're asking questions that's relevant to your niche, And that's relevant to your brand and your outcome and your goals of your program. That's a sales conversation, not scripts. Right. You have to be able to, you know, connect and show up authentically. So speaking of your methods and some of the things that you use, teach your clients and help them, what do you have going on right now as far as programs and how do people get connected with you? Because I'm sure that they want to know. Yes. So um, my program is called the Determined Fempreneur Six-Figure Accelerator. So it is a program that's based around 
helping you master sales, helping you to master your six-figure mindset, again, that conditioning part, and helping you to understand the importance of being a part of a community and building your own community so that you're that expert. And when you're that expert and people trust, like, and know you, what do they do? They buy from you. When clients come into my program, within the first 90 days, we do three things that are pivotal. We help them to craft their high ticket offer. Because a lot of people come to me like, I have a high ticket offer. And I look at it, I'm like, I wouldn't pay that. I wouldn't pay high ticket for that. So we craft our high ticket offer. Month two, it's a boot camp where they get to inject three to 12K into their business that month. And the third month, we teach them how to hire. All in that first 90 days, on top of those three pivotal things, we're teaching you how to master sales, one-on-one sales. That's just the first 90 days. So people come into our program. Hey, I can't find leads. Hey, I'm overwhelmed. Within 90 days, they have leads, they have money, and they have a team. Fantastic. <laughs> so um, you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Naima, which is one word, D-R, and then my name, one word, or my website, ditchthatshift.com slash services. I love that. Yes. Ditch it, ladies. Okay. Ditchthatshift.com slash services. And I literally have recorded a training that's invite only. So you have to really, you know, give us some information about you on exactly how you can get to six figures in your business and only work five hours a day or less. So make sure that you apply for it. I'll be excited to, to send it to you. And we will also have that information in the show notes for everyone so that they can get started because I'm sure they're super excited to do that. Just, you know, from hearing what you've said, having my own business, you've given so much value here today. And I know that working with you would be transformational um, for sure. Oh, thank you, Lisa. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Well, I truly appreciate having you on today and you giving us some of your time, your five hours. (laughs) (laughs) Any last words for the listeners before we go today? Absolutely. I just always like to say, ladies, we have to normalize talking about, that's the New Yorker talking about, (laughs) and making money in our businesses. It is okay to want to make money and to make an impact. It can happen simultaneously. And if there's anything in you that's um, listening to this and saying, oh, there's no way, or you feel a kind of way, I encourage you to journal about that because we are more than what we've been conditioned to believe and to be. Absolutely. That's a great tip. And I hope everyone out there will do that as well as reaching out to you if they're, you know, a business, an online service-based entrepreneur that meets those characteristics you talked about. If you guys aren't quite there, you can reach out to me and I'll get you there. I'll get you there, (laughs) We'll make this work. But just a fantastic program that you have going and so much valuable information for women today about you know, where we are in business and confidence and our money mindset. So I really appreciate that. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you having me on your platform. Thank you. Thank you. If you heard something today that resonated with you, please, you know, check out Dr. Naima's information in the show notes at get started and don't let any fear hold you back and get out there and live vibrantly.